This is episode 100 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we'll be talking about equipping others to lead devotions with Lynn Baber. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Christian Travelers, I'm so glad that you are here because today we have an awesome guest. Lynn is going to be talking about what it takes to train others to lead devotionals and engage others in faith-based content. Uh, But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources, options to book some of your travels, and of course, you can connect with our community on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, etc. But without further ado, Lynn Baber, Christian author, coach, speaker, and serial entrepreneur, is passionate about helping others find the source of their own power, authority, and confidence. She combines God's truth with daily life using creative illustrations and sometimes a bit of humor. Hey, Lynn, how's it going? Sarah, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And it is fabulous. We survived the, the snowpocalypse in Texas here a couple of weeks ago. So man, everything is great. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes, that had to be quite the weather change and everything too. <laughs> it was just like everything God does. There's always an opportunity. And in a way that actually coincides with traveling, because when routine changes, It's so easy to break the really good habits that we have, but it's also an opportunity to start new ones. I love when travel kind of pushes us outside of our comfort zone by breaking our routines. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe a time that you've led a devotion. Oh my goodness. Um, Leading a devotion. I I think people sometimes categorize them and put them into little boxes, but anytime we come together in one place and we appear in in front of the Lord. That's a time for devotion. So traveling, um, doing a retreat, I would always make sure that we connect and we never, you know, step away from the reason that we do anything, which is, you know, to walk out our daily life with the Lord. Uh, other devotions are going to be in meetings, in seminars. It just, it's always appropriate. Have you done a lot of retreats? I haven't done that many recently, but I do at least one a year. Uh, I've done big meetings and small meetings. I've done lots of seminars and clinics, and I've traveled to go work with other ministries. Really? It's just whatever comes along. That's exciting. And you kind of have this passion for kingdom leadership. Can you define for us what that is? I do. And I'm so glad you asked that question. One of the things that I'm not sure we all appreciate is how unique our role is in the Lord's plan. He has this big, massive plan that we just can't even fathom, and we are a piece of it, but we are a unique, specific piece. And each one of us is here for a part of that. He has a unique vision and purpose for everyone. And what we do on our path of sanctification is walk out whatever that is. 
So when you begin with the Lord's Prayer, we start with thy kingdom come. It finishes up with his kingdom. And the way the kingdom of God is manifested on earth is through those people who are indwelled with his spirit. So everyone who confesses and follows Jesus Christ is part of that kingdom. And we are each to lead in our own way because discipleship is, is just where we fit. There's always someone we're following and someone who is following us. Have you heard of um, it takes three people to lead that saying where like the first person's kind of goes out and does something on their own and it kind of looks a little ridiculous. The second person tags along and when the third person joins, then suddenly you have a group, you have a community of something going forward from that. It is a community. Uh, I think leaders, leadership is, it's been a passion of mine for probably close to 45, 50 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is no one definition of leadership that everybody agrees with. It's it's almost like um, the definition of Christianity. There are a whole bunch of different kinds of Christians out there. Yep. And <laughs> they can believe really different things, just like leadership. Some people think leadership is coercive and and that you have to define servant leadership as an exception but it really isn't i mean the the model for leadership is jesus christ and and actually your illustration sarah yeah he went out and did it he had one or two come along and then when he accomplished his purpose and he set the way to go forward then those people who came with him they took the point position and carried on Mm -hmm. Yeah, he re he really does a good job. I mean, he's God, but he really sets a wonderful example for what discipleship is meant to be, that passing of the baton. And as you said, we all have different talents and abilities, and we get to carry that out in our own way. Absolutely. From being kingdom leaders, sometimes we are called into a place where we're called to bring others along, to teach them how to lead devotionals, to teach them how to kind of grow in their talents. Um, what are your, some of your thoughts about that? You know, there is something that you say on your website and you ask the question when you're talking about travel, what the opportunity is for a believer. And I think one of the first things you say, you ask is, why are you going? And that's, that's a perfect way to start. There are really seven steps, I think, in preparing a devotion, whether you're doing it or you're teaching someone else. If you, if you teach an outline and then can define those points, it's easy to let someone else then step into it because you, you've already given the vision of what this is going to be, the, the full circle from beginning to end. And so it's something that, that we follow if we're doing a devotional or a lesson or really any program, um, and we can teach others. And the first step is, you know, why are we going? Why are we all here? Whether you're leading a retreat or a tour or you've decided to, to follow a call into another place, whether it's not that far away or it's across the world, it is with the group around you. What is the promise that was made to the group that got them to say yes and to come along? And then what is our common purpose? And that, Sarah, just like you asked, that's the why. 
Why are we here? And it's to state that. It's a, it's a launching point so that everybody goes, yep, I'm in the right place. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I like that because it gets that community aspect together from the start. It does. It, it lets people say, you know, just in case you weren't sure why you were here, we don't tell them. <laughs> but we, we create the vision again. So it's, it's saying we're here because we want to walk in the footsteps of, of Christ. We want to walk in the footsteps of Paul or there is so many uh, amazing things that you can see in, in this particular place or if you were having a retreat. People agreed to come on the retreat. They cleared their schedule. They may have, you know, checked their bank account or just whatever it is, but they've made a commitment to be in this place at this time. And we want to, number one, tell them we're thrilled they're there, starting to tell the story, starting to kind of start on this road, which the devotion is a road, because we go from there to all, we're all in the same place. We're starting here together. And then we go on to what's the priority and what is the point? And when you're talking about devotions, the priority and the point is always how can we take this time and our goal and our reason for being here and point back to Jesus Christ? Yes, it's always good to be identifying those objectives up front and, of course, tying Christ into all of that. And as we identify the objective um, in that step one and step two, you are already bringing them along and telling them, hey, let's all surround this topic. This is why we're going to take that time. Exactly. And you're st- and, and the first thing when we talk about a promise is it's one of the things that I pay a lot of attention to, you know, communication is not a perfect uh, experience between people or really between anyone. And many times people hear a promise that we never intended for them to hear, but they ha- we created this expectation without knowing it. So right up front, you know, whether this is the beginning of the retreat or your or the middle or the end of a, of a trip, you're trying to tie back and say, here's, here's the promise that we made. And, and it's the promise that you accepted and that you expected when you showed up. And you kind of frame that depending on where it falls, you know, within the event in total. And then you want to be sure that you deliver on that promise. You always go back to Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And then we get to relate. So if I talk about relating, again, devotions... They're meant to be personal and corporate. And the best way to to really deliver that is to plant a seed, to share a story. We want to relate why we're here and where we are to a scripture, perhaps. Or we want to make it personally relevant for the person. We want them at this point to either buy into the program or to commit to what's coming next, or to begin to wrap up and give them a framework to process this experience once it's over. 
I like that because if it isn't personal, if it doesn't connect with them, it can easily just kind of go over their heads. And there's important wisdom that you want to impart reminders from scripture and things that you need them to have a connection to. You know, I I think you're so right. Sometimes we just take in and we take in and we take in and we don't have, you know, prepared file folders for how we're going to organize it and how we're going to file it. And we take it home, how we can frame the experience or share it with someone else. And part of this journey, whether it's a short devotional, a long devotional, or just whatever the, the leader, the leader brings, it's a way to help people process the experience to make it a whole. Well, something else that I have found really helps, and that is to engage. And by engaging, um, you try to involve every person. And the greatest engagement is when they have made the biggest commitment to the engagement. So depending on the situation, it can be, you know, asking a question and have somebody respond. So engagement is almost always going to be a physical response. It's going to be smelling something, verbalizing something, you know, but the the most powerful engagement is when you can get someone to do something physical. If you can get them to stand up or do anything that is in line. Um, If you happen to be in a location that it's known for flowers, for example, if you go to the Netherlands or whatever, you can have maybe two, two tulips if it's in season or something else, and you can hand one, tie it to the message you're giving, and ask them to simply, you know, breathe in the aroma and give you one word of what it means. As soon as they accept that flower, and they have to come up with a word, they are now committed and engaged with this exercise. And they never want to be first. <laughs> but <then> you, <laughs> you send it around and it creates community. It creates a common story. And sometime later, someone's going to say, man, you know, when she handed me that flower, I almost lost it. Because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. So it's, it's, it's engaging people, getting them to commit to the experience. Absolutely. And it it engages them through their different senses. It also engages different types of learners, those who are kinesthetic, hands-on, those who are visual, those who are auditory. It engages all aspects of that so that they can relate and tie it back in as well. That's a fabulous point, because whenever you have a group, you're going to have such variety. I mean, if you think about Jesus's disciples, goodness sakes, he had a sheep of every kind. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he did. And if you're leading a group or you're part of a group, whether you're being asked to do a devotional. So, you know, if you're in the audience and you're being asked to do a devotional, you can use this outline to, and it can be as long or short as you want to. But when you have the big thought, when it comes into your head is what's the purpose? How do I point back to Christ and how do I engage? It makes it something that only are you really deepening deepening a skill, but you're giving a gift to the people that you're traveling with. Well, the next step, Sarah, would be to empower. Transformation is ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we can come alongside and as kingdom leaders, 
that's one of the things we want to always try to do is offer something, offer value, offer something that's going to help make the people that we're dealing with move forward to grow in their own walk with the Lord. So empowering, depending on the circumstance, it could be a scripture. It's That's a fabulous way to. And if you look at the group, you know, whether it's a, a group of of moms who just became empty nesters and they have particular challenges, maybe there's going to be a scripture that is really going to speak to the heart of that particular group. Or you have, you know, people who've been newly widowed or people who have never traveled before. And this is just like the biggest leap of faith they've ever done going, oh my goodness, I had to get a passport. I almost, <laughs> I almost stayed home. You, do you have a story? <laughs> I actually just heard an interesting statistic today that only 40% of Americans actually have a passport. And that really limits your view on things. And so, like you said, it can be quite a leap of faith to step out and experience a different culture, experience a different thing. And so empowering them to do those things, to connect and um, apply those devotions in those ways is very important. It, it is. And you just pick whichever one falls within the theme of your devotion. And it could be a scripture of promise. We're moving for something because, you know, Jesus has promised us certain things. And it doesn't mean that it might happen. If he promised it, it will happen. It is available. When Jesus said that I give you joy and you have peace that passes all understanding, he doesn't mean that someday in the newly regenerated world, you're going to have this. He says, no, you may have this today. So it could be the a scripture for people who maybe they're just now getting on an airplane for the first time, or they're just arriving and they just go, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. It could be a scripture of power, or if they're going on their first mission trip, power that connects everything they have with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of them, because we don't work under our own power when we're in the lane that God has for us. We work under his power. And it could be a scripture of assurance. It could be a scripture of spiritual dominion, that we have that capacity in the world today. So whatever it is for this group that helps them feel more filled up, that's a really wonderful place to go. I've heard it said you might find a really great verse, but until you've like studied it and it affects your heart personally, you're probably just going to speak out over them without that heart and that passion. So if it starts to relate to you, it's going to show when you present it to others as well. <laughs> Are you looking to book your next travel adventure, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to recline at the table with Jesus while relaxing at an all-inclusive resort, a cruise through the Bahamas, or simply crashing at a hotel with your ministry group? Look no further than Christian Travelers Network. We're able to save you time by researching and booking your travel dreams while focusing on our 2021 travel theme, Recline at the Table. For more information about our travel devotionals and to book your next adventure, go to christiantravelers.net forward slash travel booking. That's, that's a fabulous point. And that goes back to relate, that this has to be some way to connect. 
the, you know, the number one thing, and I think you really nailed it with that, Sarah, is our goal is always connection and then deeper connection. So something I was just thinking about, and this isn't regarding a devotion, but regarding a scripture. I was traveling here a few years ago and went to a resort. It was in the United States and we were there for a meeting. And I had been in the city, you know, the, the area before, but I had never been in this particular place. And it was in it. It was in a valley. It was really low. It was very narrow. There was a lot of vegetation. And when we got into the resort, it was dark. The sun didn't get to come through it. And it was in a desert location with lots of sun. So sun shouldn't have been an issue. And when, the, when I first got on the property, I started feeling a little weird. I thought, uh, this is kind of, this, this, is, this is not feeling exactly the way I thought it was going to feel. And we checked in, we got in, into the room, and I just went, wow. I looked out the sliders on the backside of the door, and it just felt dark. And I said, you know what? The Lord isn't here. He, he is not here. This is a dark place. And I really felt a spiritual weight. It was, mm. I'd never actually felt that before, Sarah. Yeah. I thought, what am I going to do here? Because... It, I can't just let it sit this way. So I opened up my Bible and I went and it just fell open to Psalm 91. And Psalm 91 is a Psalm of protection and power in that it's where God is a refuge in our fortress and the delivery from that perilous pestilence. And he says the great thing, he says, you shall not be afraid. And so I prayed a prayer of spiritual dominion over it. I left that Bible open to that for three days and as soon as I did that, it was just kind of like the light in my spirit came back. And the place didn't change, but my perception of the place changed. Yes. Um, and spiritual warfare is such, uh, especially if you're going to lead a devotional, um, Satan can really plant a lot of fears and anxieties in you and also in the place as well. Um, and so being able to kind of change your lenses through with the help of the Lord is very important too when you're walking into it. Yeah. And something that I saw that you wrote is, you know, how do we take our faith with us? And I think that's a huge point because I run into a lot of people and, and obviously the Holy Spirit goes with, but our awareness does not. So they'll get into a situation and let's say you're going to, on a mission trip and you're not among, you're not in a Christian land among all Christian people and there's different habits and customs and there's nothing there to confirm or let you know that this is familiar and whether people, you know, start to get into trouble in, in any different way, they can get into trouble because someone's being mean to them, they don't know what to do, or they're in a circumstance that they've never encountered before. You know, is this really food or is, is this an art form? <laughs> um, and, and so people then, they may, they may have the presence of mind to start praying. It's like, Lord, can, please come, come to me now because I need you. And it's kind of like, you know what? <laughs> if you always take the Lord with you, you don't have to look for him because he's already there. Yep. So I loved seeing you point that out. 
Uh, yes. And I think in our travels and even in just our everyday life, it's so tempting to almost like leave God in the box, in the closet, leave him at church on Sunday. But he's a relationship. He's our king. And so um, we get to worship him and know that he is there protecting us and keeping those promises like he did said in Psalm 91. Um, he is with us in all those things. Um, and it's it's a mindset change to really remind yourself of that constantly. It, yes, and it's something I think that we, it takes time to, again, put on this new power that is that is available to us, that we really do have the ability to take spiritual dominion over the place that we are. Because there's always going to be two spirits. There's going to be the Holy Spirit and there's going to be the other one. And there is no other one that can stand up against the Holy Spirit, God himself. And we're the vehicle to bring that. And as you were saying, you know, we sometimes we leave, you know, our faith at church on Sunday or something. And, and you and I talked a little earlier about the fact that travel breaks routine. Mm-hmm. And I, and I used to, I used to absolutely fall in that hole. I did because I would go on vacation or, well, actually, I think I've taken two vacations in my life. (laughs) I'd travel for business or I'd travel for ministry or whatever it happened to be. And the first thing that would go would be diet. I'd be like, okay, what am I eating here? Probably everything in sight. And then the second thing is my prayer time and study time in the morning first thing because when you're on the road everything's different and if you have to meet the group at a particular time and you need to gather for coffee or breakfast you have to catch the bus or whatever you're going to be doing I discovered to to my shame that I stopped practicing the habit of my prayer time we mm-hmm. the diet you know, went out the window, the exercise routine went out the window, and the prayer time went out the window. And that's what most sustains us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, it is hard to maintain those habits. But you also said earlier, um, that like, new habits can form when a routine breaks too. And that can be sometimes the window we need to make those things a priority once again. Absolutely. So after we've done empowering, after you've taken your group and you've brought them together, they know why they're there. You've related both the location and whatever the goal is to them. And you've engaged them individually. Then you've given, you've given them a gift of some power or promise or direction. Then you get to preparing them because something's going to follow the devotional. When you say amen at the end, you're going to be going to do something else. It's it's the next step. How can you help launch them to, to begin what they're about to be doing as a cohort or, or on this travel um, or to continue in it, to, to bring them back and, and reconnect and then get ready for the next step? Or if you're really toward the end of a retreat or the end of a trip, and maybe this is the last devotional that you're going to have together. You're going to try to prepare them then to go forth and give them a framework to take what they've done over this time and give them some ideas on how to take that forward. 
Yes, that reminds me of the Great Commission, like Christ is leaving and he sends us to go. And so uh, what better way to kind of wrap up a devotion by giving them the challenge to go or give them the tools to put it into action? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a devotional is really, it follows the same simple outline of of any speaking event. Um, Years ago, I was a, a professional motivational speaker and it was always the same. You show up, you make them laugh, give your message, and then you make them cry. But you also, at the beginning, it's like, here's what you're going to hear. This is what I'm going to tell you. This is what you're going to receive. Then you give it. And at the end, it goes, here's what you heard. This is what I said I was going to give you. I gave it to you. (laughs) And then you have to find some way at that point to connect because you want folks to have a moment of emotion before you're done. So whatever the message was, it has a better idea of getting into good soil. I like that. And I like that you said good soil because uh, just like scripture says, like uh, we can scatter seed on all the different types of soil, but there is good soil that flourishes those devotions and grows them into an aspect of our lives. Absolutely. And I, I knew you were going to pick up on that. <laughs> I, I knew you would. And I'm, like, I'm throwing it out. Sarah's going to pick it up. But when you go back to the third step, relate. Something I said about that is you're planting a seed. And so as you go along with each step, you're just making that seed go a little deeper and a little deeper into the seed bed that you're, pre- that you're preparing for them. And then the very last step in the devotionals, what are you going to do? You're going to pray. Yes. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to pray, you know, just like you did before we got started, you're going to ask for wisdom and inspiration and guidance and protection. Um, all of the things that, that are needed. And it's that final way to cover people in God's word and in his promise that they are now ready to go away and do the next thing that you just prepared them for. What better way to end than to end it in God's hands? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So would you like to recap for us what the seven things are? Well, I can give you the seven things. And I will just say that, you know, you can always, you can always make it smaller. So if you have, a, you know, if somebody says, we want you to do, you know, 90 minute program, you can make this go 90 minutes. You're just mm-hmm. going to expand each step. And if someone says, I have five minutes. Can you do a devotion in five minutes? Like, sure. We're still going to follow the format, but you're just going to collapse them. Um, So if you do all seven separately, it's, you know, what's the promise and purpose? Why are we all here? What did you say yes to? Let me recap. Let me, let me just speak out what you expect from this so that we're all on the same page. The second step is priority. The priority of a devotional, the priority of anything we do first and foremost is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to point that to him. So somewhere in this devotional, it has to point to something relevant to Christ. The third step then is relate. This is where we planted the seed. Share a story, a scripture, something that is going to make the experience personally relevant for the people that you're speaking with, the people that you're traveling with, or you're sharing this weekend or this week with, something that they they just think about it and they hear, this is for me. 
The next thing is engagement. And that's where you involve each person to get them to commit using one of their senses. Anything, this can be fun. This, this can be deep. It can be however it's going to work with your group. And your group is going to kind of like give you an idea of what they're going to respond to. But don't feel that you can't challenge them just a little bit. You can. You have, you're, you're right now, you're the one leading the devotional. Challenge them just a little bit. That actually is good servant leadership. And you're teaching at the same time you're giving. Then the next step again is empower. Whatever this group needs for what they're doing, what they're about to do, or what they're going to do at the end of this. Empower them with a scripture. The next is prepare. It's prepare them for the next step. Whether it's, you know, we're all at the airport, we're going to just about to go on our first international flight, prepare them for it. Give them something to hang on to. And then pray. And as Sarah said, this is the best place to begin. It's the best place to end, to end, but this is where it ends. And it is the ceiling of the devotional experience. We commit it to the Lord. Well, thank you, Lynn. I really like those seven steps. They're very easy to remember and very useful to kind of walk you through, whether it's five minutes or a 90-minute devotion, as you said. <laughs> Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about relating to this topic? I would say that, boy, you know, with the COVID around the world, because we were supposed to go to Israel last November. And as you can imagine, we didn't get to go. Yeah. So it, it's very challenging. If you have the opportunity, there is nothing, I think, more precious in the age that we live in. Because one of the things I write about is being a Christian living Christian in a pagan world. And we're following, we're finding that more and more. I mean, the darkness is spreading and it's deepening, which is why we have such an amazing opportunity. So when that comes to you, remind yourself of why you're here. What's the promise and purpose? All of these steps are in the Bible. This is the gospel experience. So all you're doing is just doing exactly what Jesus said. Discipleship is teaching others what he taught you and walking it out. Well, then one of the questions I always ask our guests is, what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? You know, I've got two things to say about that, Sarah. Mm -hmm. One is, whenever somebody asks me what happened before noon, <laughs> I feel like, uh, of which day, because I, I don't remember. Um, but I think from traveling, it really was the, the time in that resort that was so dark, because it was the first time I had ever experienced such a oppressive darkness and going immediately to the Lord. He led me to what I needed to do. He gave me as he always will exactly what you need. And the darkness didn't go away, but around me was nothing but light. And it doesn't matter where you go or for what reason, reason you can do the same thing. Absolutely. And if you ever are in that uh, situation, um, you can pray something as simple as, 
Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, or go away in Jesus' name. And um, the spiritual warfare is something that scripture says does happen. Um, and we have a God who has victory over it. So, Absolutely. And I, I'm just so blessed to know that he does. Yes. Well, Lynn, we've enjoyed having you on the podcast. How can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode? The easiest way is just going to lynnbaber.com. And hopefully you'll have that name somewhere so folks can find it. And it's just myname.com. <laughs> yes, we'll have that in the show notes so that you can connect with Lynn. And uh, we have really enjoyed having you on the episode today. Thank you, Sarah. It has just been a delight. Well, Christian travelers, I am so glad that you were able to tune in today, and I hope that you have been inspired by Lynn's seven steps and that you will take these into action when you have the next opportunity to talk about your faith or lead a devotion um, in your travels or just in your own home. Um, and on top of that, if you're looking for other faith and travel resources, please head to our website. We're nearing our two-year uh, celebration, and we have are giving away a travel planner. So if you head over to our social media, you can check that out. And if you're looking for another episode that relates, check out our episode 38, Developing Healthy Habits with Vanna Johnson. She discusses some healthy methods of striving toward our true callings and identifying some of those passions. But until next time, safe travels and God bless.